Um, hi everyone, my name is Boyana and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm a little nervous. Um, I've never done a like a official speakers meeting, so bear with me. Um, but I've been in uh, OA now for about three years and I have seen a lot of remarkable changes that I want to want to share with you. Um, I wrote down some notes. Um, how it was. So I, um, I'll start a little bit about my family background. I grew up in a family where um, addiction and violence were pretty normal. Um, and um, I learned quickly to like numb out those feelings of terror with food. Um, and there were other uh, compulsive overeaters in my family as well. Um, and I remember, um, you know, just when, when I was feeling as a child, when I was feeling a lot of terror, um, I would just remember like the feeling of sort of like numbness that sugar would give me. And so sugar became my drug of choice. And I also remember, um, feeling like I had to be invisible and all-powerful. And that's something, I'll, I'll share a little bit later, but that's something I've been working on um, as far as like my character defects and like my coping strategies, learning how to be humble and um, how to be authentic. Um, so my disease became pretty active um, when I was in college. I think that's when it really started getting very active. Um, I'd always been someone that, that ate sugar recreationally to, to deal with really difficult feelings. Um, I have PTSD, so that's something that I'm continuing to work on. Um, and I've had a lot of recovery there, which I'll share about. But um, when I was in college, I lost both of my parents. Um, my mom when I was 18 and my dad when I was 19 and I really got active in the sugar in in um freshman year of college um I remember you know stealing food I, I lived in the housing cooperative and I remember stealing like baker's chocolate from the pantry you know at night and like going back and stealing more and I remember um you know microwaving cake batter in a cup like I would put cake batter and then I would put water in a cup and mix it up and then microwave it for a minute and I remember feeling so angry that it took a minute to get my sugar hit you know um and so um I continued that way for several years I didn't get to OA until I was um in my late 20s I'm 39 now um, I remember in 2016, I had a wake-up call. Um, I had been carrying quite a bit of weight. Um, my doctor said that uh, I was pre-diabetic. My A1C score was 5.6. Um, and I had been having chronic pain, like plantar fasciitis, when I was walking. And I knew I had to do something. I knew I had to lose the weight and... Um, I was in another 12-step recovery program, and during my fourth step in that program, I realized there was a lot of self-harm happening with food for me. And so I took a chance, and I went to my first OA meeting in uh, 2019. It took me another <laughs> couple years to get the courage to come to OA. 
But um, I started going like every single week. I, I went to the Friday night uh, meeting at Green Shag um, in Northeast. And I was just like, these are my people, you know. Um, I just felt so seen and so um, just welcomed, you know. And some of the shame about, about my binging and about my sugar addiction, you know, I could talk about. And some of that shame just kind of fell off of me. Um. I I will talk a little bit about my my recovery. It's been like a three-pronged approach, um the physical, emotional, and spiritual. And so for me, the physical was um because I wanted to lose weight to get my A1C score down and get my prediabetes in check. Um I realized I had a gluten sensitivity and that was another food that I would just like binge on. Um, so for me personally, I cut out gluten and I'm doing really well without it. Um, I did end up also cutting out dairy and most sugar. And you might be thinking, what do I eat? You know, there's so much there. That's, (laughs) that's like almost half of the American diet, but I did that in stages. It took me, um, about three years to, to do that. But what I found that works for me, and I and I talked about this with my sponsor, is you know three meals a day, no binging, and no eating when I'm angry. Because I think for me, I tend to eat when I feel terror or anger, which was goes right back to my, you know, upbringing in my chaotic childhood. And so for me, I have to remember that food is not going to solve my emotional problems. And that was huge. I mean, I some I still struggle with that, you know, um, today. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, if I just have, you know, I look forward to a meal and I'm like, oh, if I have this, everything will be great. And I have to remind myself like food will help me live. Food will help me stay healthy. You know, food will help my mood because it'll give me all the neurotransmitters, but it will not solve the grief of my childhood you know, and that is something I'm still working on in therapy. Um, what I do is I'm part of a text group. And so, um, whenever I'm feeling like I might want to go have a red light food, um, I text my sponsor, I text my, um, my text group and I feel like I am held accountable that way. Um, another thing that really helped me is exercise. Like I made a commitment to walk a half an hour each day and that has helped tremendously. Um, I try to do yoga a couple times a week as well. Um, and then one thing I will say too, is I measure, I don't weigh food, but I measure it. And so for me, like I didn't realize what portions were. I had to sort of like, just like reimagine what those were and I went online and looked at oh one port one single serving is the size of your fist who knew you know so I had to like really kind of work with with that and um I I feel like I've gotten to a good place with my food right now I mean I still have cravings um my rule right now is I haven't cut out sugar completely I mean I still allow myself honey um but if something has more than 10 grams of sugar in a single serving, I do not eat that because I don't want to go down that road of, you know, binging on sugar, feeling um, exhausted, not being able to sleep, um, and then going back and having that high blood sugar issues that I used to have. 
Um, the second part of my recovery is, is the emotional piece. And I think for me, like many other people, um, I eat in isolation. And so it's really, it's taking me a lot of time to kind of recognize that. And then also just like reach out to other people if I'm struggling, um, I also have started going to another fellowship to work on some of my codependency patterns because I've noticed that the more that I'm sort of um, a martyr and don't set boundaries um, and kind of accept behavior that's inappropriate from other people, especially my family, the more then later I go and I overeat, you know, and it's it's really, it, it's such a pattern for me and I've untangled it. And I can catch myself now. Like when I get angry at a family member, I'm like, okay, can I deal with these feelings? Can I, can I set a boundary? You know, can I, what can I control? Um, because that, that's a really big part of my recovery too, is just sort of like identifying what triggers me wanting to overeat in the first place. And sometimes I don't catch it. Sometimes I'm still on autopilot, but that has helped a lot. Um, the spiritual part of my recovery, and this is an ongoing thing, is figuring out the God of my own understanding. And something that helps me is, this doesn't work for everybody, but for me what helps is when I imagine my inner child, when I imagine um, her being in distress and her needing help and her um, wanting to comfort herself with food, I feel more receptive to the help of a higher power. Whereas if I'm in my ego state thinking I have all the answers, sugar's going to fix everything, my control is going to fix everything, my self-will is going to fix everything, I can't even hear higher power because higher power doesn't yell. My higher power is always just like a really calm, like steady, quiet voice that's like, you know what? Don't push yourself so, too hard or... That's, that's 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes. Thank you. Thank you. That's okay. Thank you. Um, so I think that like that, that sort of like humility and recognizing I'm not all powerful and that I'm not higher power for other people has been huge because it's, it's relieved, uh, quite a bit of the sort of, um, resentment that I felt towards others. Has it been easy setting boundaries, especially with family? It has not. Sometimes that's really challenging. I continue to work on that in therapy. Um, And in my other fellowship, my other program. Um, Also recognizing that God does not want me to be perfect. You know, like for, for me right now, I'll say I have lost quite a bit of weight. I have reached my goal weight, which I'm very, very happy about. It's taken me about four years to get here. My A1C score is 4.9, which I am just thrilled. Um, And do I still have that voice in me that's like, you know, you have some flab here or you have stretch marks? I do. And I recognize and I tell myself, okay, you know what? That is not, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to stress out about that stuff because the good news is, is I'm not pre-diabetic anymore. I don't abuse myself with food. And... I'm not meant to be perfect. I'm meant to be me, you know? And so that's kind of been an ongoing thing because we live in a culture that's very body image 
obsessed and so sometimes I can still kind of get into that space of like oh I wish I weighed less or all this other you know BS and I have to remind myself that this is good enough and this is a this is a great amount of recovery that I've done and just to be proud of that um practicing step 11 I think is another way to help connect with my higher power um going to church, um, going to a couple meetings a week for me. I found that that's what works. Um, meditation, you know, pausing when agitated or doubtful. That's a big one for me because I think sometimes I'm like, I have to do something right away. You know, I work, this is, I struggle in, in this area where I'm like, if I'm irritated at someone or stressed out about something, I'm like, I have to do something right now. And the funny thing is that's when I get the most hungry hungry in my head is like okay i have to have to chew on something because i'm getting agitated and doubtful you know and so i'm learning how to just be like okay i'm getting anxious i'm getting frustrated at somebody um what do i need to do what do i have control over and what i do have control over is how i react to a situation um i don't have control over how other people respond and so, so those are some of the things that have helped me how it is now. Um, I would say like feeling my feelings. That's, it sounds simple, but it's not easy. Um, I always, I mean, I grew up in a family where we did not want to feel feelings. We, we did anything but feel feelings. So, you know, like f- feeling those feelings and recognizing that it's okay if you feel upset. It's okay if you feel afraid and knowing that like a wave you'll move through that um do i still get food cravings i do you know i'll walk by a store and smell something and be like oh wouldn't it be great to have a bite of that or a whole you know box of those um but i just you know when i have those moments i i think of all the people in the program and i'm like I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to the isolation of sugar addiction. I want to continue with my recovery. Um, and that's that's what helps me get through those cravings. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'll wrap up here. One thing that I, I want to share too is that service for me, I'm still trying to figure out that sort of sweet spot of like, what is enough service? What is, you know not too much service because I tend to be more codependent and try to like do everything. And I think doing things like this is good. I think um, helping out with meetings um, is another is another great example, like leading other meetings or, or things like that. And I'm also excited to, you know, be a sponsor. I'm, I'm having thoughts about maybe wanting to be a sponsor. And I'm also feeling a little insecure about that because I'm like, am I, there's a voice inside of me that's like, oh, you're not a perfectly recovered person. You still have problems. You still have issues. But I think I have a lot of experience to share. And now you have five minutes. Oh, thank you. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be kind of the next, next part of my recovery. And then I wanted to say one more thing too, is that I think it would be a fallacy if I told myself, you know, because I've lost weight, I'm done recovering. I don't think I'm done recovering. You know, I think 
there's still a lot of challenges that I have in my head around not feeling good enough, um, wanting to control other people, wanting to escape my feelings. Um, and it's not bad. It just means that, you know, I'm not someone that is just going to give up or, or walk away just because she, she got a certain side effect of recovery. Um, so I want to, I really want to stick with it and continue, um, on this journey. Um, I've been in OA for about three years. I've been absent for a year and, um, I just want to see where it takes me. So thank you.